the Isle of Misfits, we've had some pretty amazing guests, which always amazes me, frankly, shocks me from time to time, and today is no exception. While we've never had her on the podcast before, though, you will recognize the last name because just a little over a year ago, we all heard from her brilliant husband, Dr. Michael Gillen, Dr. G, as he likes to be called, and I'm uh, still kind of scratching my head over that one way he would, uh, you know, even even come to visit us, but but in a good way. It was such a great interview. Well, like I said, to my amazement, we are getting the full Gillen household, or at least two thirds of it, uh, here on the aisle today. And I, because I have the privilege of talking with Laurel Gillen, she's a Cornell University grad. And a radio newspaper TV journalist, that's all in her bio, uh, some of her projects, including producing Dr. G's award-winning family movie, Little Red Wagon, and so many other credits. And she now has a wonderful blog called God and Gardening, which I have visited, by the way, and it really is a wonderful blog. Oh, um, she, Yeah, of course. She um, also, not done with your bio yet, uh, she loves to... Uh, she loves tales from medieval times. And to that end, she wrote her own medieval tale called A Bellwether Christmas. And that's what we're here to talk to her about today. So welcome to the Isle of Misfits. Laura. It's it's great to be here, Nancy. I've heard so many wonderful things about you from Michael. Well, that adds to my list of amazement. So, but I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. And I'm so looking forward to talking about this wonderful story that you wrote. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So actually, before we do a couple of things, though, Cornell grad, I don't know if Dr. G told you this. So yes, Cornell, I know that's how you met. Um, I used to live not very far at all from Cornell. So I know that whole area well. Right. Yes. Upstate New York is so beautiful. I think if, if you, I had to spend a summer anywhere, you know, I had a choice. Okay. I can spend a summer anywhere. It would be in upstate New York because of the few summers I did spend there were just so magical. Oh, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. In fact, I, I live a few hours from there now, but I always try to go back. One of my favorite places in the world is, uh, they call it, the locals call it Enfield Glen, but it's also known as uh, Robert Treeman State Park. Yes, know. I've been oh. there. I've oh. been there. It's and hiking through there and there's like a waterfall and everything. Oh, yes. There? Many waterfalls. And oh, it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It it's beautiful. And then um, last time I spoke with, or one of the times I spoke with Dr. G, we talked a lot about College Town Bagels. That came up a lot. So I don't know. If oh, yeah. I, I, I think uh, there were days when I was a student where I existed on a mm -hmm. College Town Bagel with cream cheese. That oh, was yeah. all I ate all day. Oh, yeah. The onion ones? Big, right. Big, thick bagels, and they put tons of cream cheese on them. So Right on. <laughs> it, right on, it sister. Carried me through. Yeah. I think they're still there. So oh, just, that's just so you know. All right. Well, all right. So when Dr. G was here, and, and I've already kind of given you a little bit of a heads up, one of our time-honored traditions here on the aisle is what we like to call a stupid game. Stupid. So, my, so she's, she knows. She's heard about this. She did not run. So she's still here, people. Okay. So <laughs> I have you, I have a very, I have your very own handcrafted stupid game just for you, if you are willing to play. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> I'm, All right, of I guess course, I love All right. games. I All come right. from a game playing family. All right. That means yes, folks. So, <laughs> All right. So we're going to make this kind of short, kind of sweet. So, all right. So Dr. G, again, I think we did his based on his book, which made sense. So this one, I, I always try to base it on something that I've learned about you and, the, and you know, in just 
just this short discourse that we've had. So obviously we know that you love medieval history, medieval literature. So that's what we're glomming on to today. So um, I thought it just makes sense to test you on your 13th century or medieval, I will say, Christmas trivia, your Christmas knowledge. Oh, brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So I just, there's three questions. So And really the credit goes to the interwebs because I got this quiz from the internet. And so um, here's, here's what we're going to do. I took the quiz myself. I got three questions wrong. So I'm going to ask you the three questions that I got wrong and see if you can beat me. Okay. Okay. How's that? Okay. All right. So the first question, here we go. After the Christmas feast is served at Warwick Castle, I'm assuming you know what that is because I don't, one of the guests is chosen to act as master of ceremonies. What is he called? And it's, it's multiple choice, okay? Is he called the Christmas caper, the king of Saturnalia, the lord of misrule, or the court jester? Uh, I believe, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. But I know there's a lot of traditions in that uh, time period of taking young boys and making them into bishops mm -hmm. for a day mm -hmm. or kings for a day. And right. it was considered a lot of fun. So I'm going to say the Lord of Misrule. And you are absolutely correct. I got that one wrong. I thought Saturnalia. I don't know why. It sounded familiar. And yeah, that's how I usually play these games. It sounds familiar. I don't really know. But you it are was, absolutely correct. Yes. yes, and it was it was kind of a naughty thing because this yes. boy, you know, he was usually allowed to do very naughty things, and everybody thought it was very funny. Okay, so <laughs> so all right, so here's the background that the the interwebs told me. So by the way, this is uh, funtrivia.com. Um, so this dates back to ancient Roman times. The customs vary from place to place. Mm -hmm. And this is at, at our castle. Uh, the men at the banquet will draw lots to see who will be the master of ceremonies. The chosen one will then be dressed in a colorful costume that is decorated with bells. Mm -hmm. So, so yes. It, yes, it, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you are, you are hot to go. All right. So hot to try. All right. Question number two. One of the games played during festivities at Warwick Castle is called Snapdragon. What is needed to play this game? Is it raisins, dice, flowers, or candy? I'll say that again. Is it raisins, dice, flowers, or candy? Hmm. That I don't know. I okay. would just need to guess on that one. All right. Uh, I know they did you, but this is this is at Christmas. I right. know they loved to play with dice. I don't know if they would have done it at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it's probably either flowers or raisins. So I think if you said raisins, I might tell you that that is absolutely correct. So yes, <laughs> we're going to credit you for that. Yes, so I, I'm one of those people who takes multiple choice uh, answers by kind of. You know, eliminating things and and, exactly. and narrowing in on right. you know, so, Occam's so razor, I, I believe. 50-50. Right? I was 50-50 yeah. on that one. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. You said raisins, so we're giving you full credit. So yeah, raisins are put, this is the answer, in a large dish. Uh, brandy is then poured over them and ignited. So this is raisins on fire. Um, oh, everyone, okay. everyone tries to pull a raisin out of the fire and pop it into their mouth. 
just to keep it interesting apparently yes so now, sounds dangerous now we know <laughs> yes yes christmas danger so yeah i got that one wrong as well i thought candy because christmas candy so i eliminated mm. it the wrong way but i should have known it's 13th century did they even yeah know? they didn't really have much no, candy no, that's true yeah so raisins were kind of their candy raisins were candy. anything yes. anything sweet was right like a sweet fruit was 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 you know a big deal right right okay you are two for two my friend all right last one Beginning on December 6th, if a boy is chosen from the church choir who is dressed in robes and expected to perform functions of the clergy, what do we call this boy? Is he a merry miscreant, a Christmas kid, a boy bishop, or a Yule youth? He's a boy bishop. He is a boy bishop. Why did I even ask her? Of course she knows. This is her specialty, my, my, my friends. Okay, yes. And you just knew that, right? Is that just yes. general knowledge yes. for you? Okay. Yes. All right. So yeah, the responsibility varies from place to place, but there is a boy bishop of London who leads a parade around the city in order to bless it. So right now, now you know, I have to say, you know, you 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 were kind of dealing with uh, England, and right? I'm yes. a little bit more south, Italy. Yes. But but it was pretty, it, it, you know, it, all of kind of Western Christendom was kind of similar in the Middle Ages. So, right. uh, but uh, that was a fun, that was a fun trivia test. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad it was fun for you. And see, you got, and I'm sure if I asked you the other seven questions, you would get them right. So maybe I'll just send you the link. Maybe I'll put <laughs> it in the show notes. You all can take this quiz and test your. Oh, I think that would be fun. Christmas trivia knowledge. Yeah. Well, very well done. I've uh, I've run out of mugs. I know I know you have at least one mug in your household. So I'll yes, find, we do. Yes, I'll find something random for my house. <laughs> you, so. you don't need to send me anything. <laughs> but you did. You did a great job. And so, all right. So I have I have a bonus question. I'm asking everybody these days, and this actually can start uh, fights on the street. But I um, pre Thanksgiving Christmas music, yay or nay? I don't have a choice. You don't have okay. So you know, my my when when I was young, my son used to call it uh what did he call it? He said the the I think he called the invasion of the Christmas dad, which started at right after Halloween. Um and that mm -hmm. was that my husband would say, Okay, Christmas movies, Christmas music, oh, Christmas see, So I knew so yeah. I that's why we're you friends. Know, if it were up to me, it would start thanksgiving week mm -hmm. but um you know my my husband basically i i, okay. I we've kind of compromised i said okay anytime after halloween okay well that's yeah that's a good compromise so yes here in here in buffalo new york where i live so there's there's a full-time all christmas music all the time radio station that starts the day after halloween so they yeah, yeah. So they're well, perfect perfect yep, yep. so <laughs> yeah so i'm on board with that but i know that can you know it can cause fighting in the streets so you know but it's we got to take a stand right so yeah so all right well now we know and now that we're in the christmas spirit and the christmas mood let's talk about this wonderful medieval tale that you wrote so all right the first thing um i i kind of you know uh read a little up on on, on you and the story behind this book. So there was something about a trip to Italy that I understand yes. inspired this. So talk about that. This happened uh, back in ancient history in the 90s. Um, I was just recently married and um, my 
uncle died and I found out that before he uh, that he had been promising to take his mother, my grandmother, to Italy because she was the only place she ever wanted to go. She had never left the country, didn't have a passport, had probably only traveled to three or four big cities outside of her, you know, where she lived. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take her. And it so happened a friend of ours was was uh, told me that she was going to central Italy with an ecumenical group. So this was Protestants, Catholics together who were going to go check out Rome and the the environs. So I said, perfect, because then I have support, you know, because my grandmother was in her 80s. And uh, so we went and it turned to, you know, we we ended up visiting a lot of the uh, uh, Umbrian Valley uh, where CC was and Perugia and all that mm. area, as well as Rome. It was a fabulous trip, um, just wonderful. And I kind of, fell, I guess you'd say, fell in love with the early Franciscans. And I, I was just so smitten by them. Um, and when I came back, I, I started furiously researching everything I could about that time period. I mean, I read all kinds of books and and uh treatises and i you know i have a f- huge library now because i i spent years reading and and studying up on that era thinking okay i think god is telling me that this is a book uh but it turned out that uh years went by and i tried a few few ideas out and it just never went anywhere and you know life intervened and you know i kept putting it aside and then uh one day uh it was a few years ago. It was in the Christmas season, and all of a sudden, I was I was coming out of church. I think it was, and this idea for uh, a story just downloaded into my brain. I call it, you know, a God download. <laughs> and I ran home, wrote, jotted it all down, and then I took a look at it, and I said, "Oh my gosh, this is my novel." And then I went, "Oh, it's not an adult novel. <laughs> this is this is more of a of a juvenile." you know, juvenile fiction. And I was like, wow, uh, I had, you know, how am I going to write juvenile fiction? So uh, then I pretty much said to myself, well, you know, when I was 10 years old, I read everything I could get my hands on. I mean, The Wrinkle in Time from Madeleine Engel, Mar- everything Marguerite Henry wrote about animals, you know, Justin Morgan had a horse and the Misty of Chincoteague. I was just devouring books at that age and i said i'm going to write a book like that mm-hmm. you know like the books those classic books that i remember right and um and it's going to be a book that also because i you know i i read to we read to our son when he was very young and through through the you know even when he was seven or eight years old we'd read him books that were over his level um and i was like this is going to be a book that that every, you know adults are going to enjoy a friend of mine said yeah you know i said you know i'm gonna to have to simplify the the sentence structure and the vocabulary a little bit and a friend of mine said well i like that too you know that's gonna be good for adults wait and okay sure. so yeah so i i just just for a second i want to interject because yes i agree that you know you say yeah it's juvenile fiction however i think some of the greatest works of juvenile fiction are are very adult, not just friendly, but but they're for adults too, right? You think of C.S. Yes. Lewis and the Narnia Chronicles, and like you right. said, A Wrinkle in Time, all the really great works of literature, they are, they're timeless and they're universal. So yes. I, I love that. This Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, and then I'm thinking, so, okay, it's for kids, kids who are around that, around age 10, but also adults. And then I'm thinking, and younger kids, because if you have 
you know, grandma comes over or mom says, okay, we're going to read a book for Christmas. This is a book that the kids would, younger kids would understand, even if they couldn't, even if they, you know, they didn't have the reading capacity at that right. age. Right. Um, so I, I was like, okay, well, this covers kind of everything because at Christmas time, that's when you have a lot of family time and you can mm-hmm. enjoy a book like this as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that as as I was reading through, um, I actually I had that thought. I was like, "Oh, this would be wonderful." I'm thinking of some of the the children in my own extended family and their parents or grandparents or aunts, and and just picturing, yes, what a what a great thing to read to your child. Um, and I oh, love, you. Yeah, oh yeah, and you 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 spoke of you know, well, we love to read over the level of our son. And I think that's how we learn, right? Yes. To hear these wonderful, to enrich our, our language, to hear these terms and these words and these phrases in this history. That's that's yes. wonderful. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. And and in the context and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I just, I, I'm really so, um, so much a proponent of reading, of adults reading to, to children. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and it was, it was, it was a wonderful writing. This was just uh, a great experience because I really didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't have the time to do it. I, I didn't know if I even had the, uh, the discipline to do it, but somehow God kept me going through the whole thing. And uh, I think part of that was just, I was just, there were times I was just typing away and all there was just love pouring out of my heart because I really love these characters. Um, not at, uh, uh, not just the the the, uh, the historical characters, but also uh, the animal characters, and that's because these animals ref- or, or their personalities reflect actual farm animals that I've raised, um, uh, and so and in fact, uh, I think uh, Bart, who unfortunately Sir Barton, who passed away while I was writing this book is uh it, his personality kind of fills out the 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 uh the lamb protagonist the little guy the, the impetuous yeah. headstrong uh escape artist uh bart the lamb Wait, yeah so so yeah so bart is a lamb and yes and i love this character too so um one of the things that stuck that stuck out to me about bart is that you know he he um he's curious right he he wants to learn and he he wants to um he's not afraid to feel what he feels and and i think that's so important and and that might sound almost like a no-brainer but i think in this day and age like a lot of times we edit ourselves especially like you know in our relationship with god it's like well i can't feel that i can't think that i can't take that to god it's like well he knows it anyway right and and bard is just He's just, he, he's guileless, you know, even even when he's naughty, you know, because he has these little moments, but he's, he just, he doesn't hold back. Yes. And, and, and even when he's, he's doing naughty things, but he's not trying to do naughty things. He's just trying to, to satisfy his curiosity and, and be, and he is very honest. I mean, he, he, he gets a thought in his hand and he, he really goes for it. Um, and he's just, uh, and and he's just kind of a, a a kind of a boy's boy too. In in some sense, is that he doesn't, he can't sit still. I mean, he just, he 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 needs to be, you know, doing something. So, uh, yeah. so I really, and I love this character. And as I and and as I said, it it uh, it, it reminds me of the, the of of Bart, Sir Barton the sheep that we had. Yeah. So. yeah. 
Yeah, to be free to be who you are. And I'm I'm picking up on that theme as well. You know, some of the, some of the things that have stuck out to me, like conversations with a lark or with another sheep or 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 another or a donkey. Um saying things, I think I wrote down a quote. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um oh boy. Well, here's here's a quote I, I love. It says this is uh Violetta, right? Is it Violetta? Yeah. The, the yes, donkey. Violetta. Yeah. So you know, so this is what she says, and we can unpack the context around it, but I'm certainly able to bray loudly, um, Bart, um, but that would uh, attract a lot of attention. I don't like to do because it's not always a good thing. And in that, I, it's like, you know, just because you can doesn't, oh, you know, we're made to do certain things, but there is a responsibility, right? In that I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to say a lot of, maybe too many things at once, but with that i'm picking up from some of these animals like violetta or the lark who's made to sing like we're made to do certain things but there's always there's also a balance of power right right and i'm seeing that so i feel like i need to stop talking and and let you let you comment to that well it's funny that you picked up on that quote because that aspect of of uh, of Violetta's personality is going to be very significant to the story, mm -hmm. uh, and so there there is a lot of there there are a lot of of characters who have a bit of a of a story arc there, mm -hmm. um, not just Bart. I mean, there's also his his shepherd boy Mundo, and uh, and Violetta, uh, you know, who who also have uh, things that are going to happen to them and. Uh, and then, of course, it's, you know, it's all kind of brought together by this um, event that they that they that is that is about to happen in the year 1223. So um, which is going to be which is going to change Christmas forever. The year so 1223. Yeah. Yes, yes. And next year it will be the 800th anniversary of this event. So um it, it's really it's really fun to uh to to kind of uh weave the story about this this lamb's kind of quest for love and belonging and he wants to know what honor and praise mean he he just he just he needs to know these things and you'll see why he does and uh and um kind of weaving that around uh as it's getting closer and closer to christmas and uh so that was a lot of fun to do that and yeah. um <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, I hope people people enjoy it. Oh, absolutely! Like, there's so much. There's there's so many layers here, and like you said, weaving. Like, I, I I'm seeing this beautiful weaving. Like, even there's another quote. Um, I can't remember who said it, but um, someone I think is speaking to Bart, saying belonging isn't easy to understand. And boy, isn't that the truth? Because we yes. all want to belong, we all want to connect, but there's there's layers and there's power structures and. So sometimes we feel like we belong to this institution or does it belong to us? And there's, I feel like there's a lot of that going on in this yes. story, you know, power, yes. and, but the, but the interconnectedness and the inter um, dependence that we have on each other. Yes. And of course that time in history, um, power was very structured right. and, and, you know, it was, it was definitely top down. Um, and the people on the, on the bottom had very little to no power. Um, the poor, uh, you know, the working poor, um, the, uh, the animals, everybody, everybody on that end was right. like, not much power. So, um, that's why, you know, that, that's also, uh, I, you, you picked up on that, um, 
but there's as i said that that also kind of gets a little bit shaken by the time by the time that the story is over sure and even though this was eight nine hundred years ago that that theme is is still so resonant especially now right because there's so much talk about power and um and just this idea that, you know, in perceptions, right? So what we perceive as power or who we perceive our enemy to be, perhaps, because right, that right. kind of shows up. And I don't want to do any spoilers or giving anything away, but that kind of shows up too, right? Who right. The one that's supposed to be the enemy maybe isn't your enemy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So real cool stuff. And oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours about this, but I, I, I just got a few more questions for you. So, okay. so I want to circle back to St. Francis, right? Okay. So you, and the friend, you said you had a love for all things Franciscan, right? Um, um, so I'd love to hear more about that. How did just, just tell what like the influence like tell me about that why why did you why did you fall in love with the franciscans well you know you when you're young you hear stories about saint francis you know okay he you know he he loved animals and things like that and um we used to jokingly call my son saint francis because he was so good with animals mm -hmm. uh so i already always you know knew that about and that was about all i knew um uh which was enough though to predispose me towards liking the fellow anybody who you know <laughs> you like animals animals like you you yeah, must be a good guy friends. yep yeah all right uh but when i when we went to italy and i really started to learn more about um his character uh he, he just fascinated me i mean he was one of these larger than life types um almost almost borderline manic depressive almost mm -hmm. one of the i mean just one of those people who just you know burns it at both ends type right. thing just put himself uh, out there right 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 like bart yeah right right <laughs> yeah. but but also someone who uh just had such a, a huge influence i mean he was a a, a pre-reformation reformer in the church i mean mm -hmm. so the all this these this whole penitent movement um and yeah, unlike like luther the church, but not as cranky right right yeah. uh and unlike the church at the time he was focused on uh he and his followers were focused on let's go back to the uh the early church what were the early church disciples like well they traveled around and they preached the good news and they didn't bring anything with them they didn't own anything they were there you know they helped all the poor and the sick that they ran across they would help them um doesn't matter if you're a leper we're going to take care of you um so they they were also and and also it was a very warlike time i mean there were always wars happening crusades war well city states were having or uh, wars against each other and he was a, also very a man of peace. He 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 would always greet people by saying, you know, "Pace bene," peace and goodwill to you. So, and he he was actually even credited with helping to diffuse a few conflicts um, just by being very. But he 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 was very, and he also stayed very true to his vision. As he was he was obedient, you know, to the church superiors, but he was very true to his vision and it, it also kind of it was also kind of uh wrenching in that you saw by the by the end of his life that people are already taking his vision and running with it and making bureaucracies out of it and mm -hmm. everything else and so just opting. things that yeah. he things yeah. that he hated um mm. i remember i remember this you know hearing about him uh they had a big chapter meeting had all these 
new Franciscans came together and um, Francis had been away at the time and they had figured, oh my goodness, how are we going to feed all these people? And so they built like a structure so they wouldn't get rained on and stuff like that. And, and you know, like a, build, a big building and Francis came back and he took one look at the building, climbed up on the roof and started tearing it apart. Uh, because he's like, no, we live, we, yeah. you know, we don't worry about where our food comes. God provides it. We okay. beg for our food if we have to. We accept, we work for our food or beg for it. Um, we don't live in, in big fancy places. We don't, you know, so in, in a sense, it was almost when you see in Italy, it, it's funny because you see these huge, like these big cathedrals and stuff that they've erected in his, in his honor. Right. And I, yeah. and I remember walking through <laughs> The, the cathedral Ironic, erected right? in yeah, his honor, right. and thinking yeah. he would have hated this. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, he would have been like, "Okay, it's a church, so you know, I have reverence for the church, but yeah. I, you know, this is not, this isn't me." Right. And yeah. Then I, then I went to a place called Laverna, which was up in the beautiful mountains of Italy, mm -hmm. and it's like caves in the walls, and and it's just the view is gorgeous, and that where she loved to go to. I was like, now that is yeah. really a tribute to him i mean this right. this whole that whole area that's what he was more like so he was very genuine and he and he stayed genuine his his whole life yeah so that that much i really appreciated about him so it, it kind of sounds like he embodied this idea of meekness that is so prevalent in the story that you wrote right meekness I, i'm sure you've heard the saying right what is the definition of meekness uh, you know power yes, yes power under control yes and yeah. and yeah. yeah and and not see and also not seeking that kind of power and right. that's what i'm saying this one this christmas kind of change everything because this perspective this perspective on christmas i think it uh is is what changed and i and i think that that and and as i said that's that started a tradition that we still have today so i'm um I, I when I and I happen to know that, and then I also happen to know about all this, you know, these animals who were famous in the legends of of, of uh, Francis. So I work those into the book as well. Yeah, wonderful. Just so, yeah, so full circle and just 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 beautifully done. And you know, as as we're wrapping up, I I, I want to just kind of touch on what you just said about you know um, that 13th century tradition that is prevalent today so yeah obviously the most important thing hopefully of christmas that's carried over today is the actual story of yes the savior born in a manger you know born to uh born to redeem us right um so we're so thankful that that is carried through the ages um but what's what's something that you would say from your knowledge of that period in history what's something that's maybe been lost that you would love to see restored again well, I, you know, we had, they had challenges back then. I mean, Christmas back then was, you know, similar in a certain way. I mean, they, it was into, they were into playing games and decorating and, you know, eating a lot of food and, All good um, yep. you know, it was, it was, it was basically yeah. a big feast day, you know, it was a 12 day long feast. Um, so that was, there was a lot of partying going on even back then. Uh, and I think the focus was not as much, uh, you know, was not as much on, on, uh, the actual miracle of that day right. as, as yeah. much as it should be. Right. And today that I we think we, yeah. yeah. And I think today we have, you know, we have 
busyness and commercialism has kind of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, done the same thing, put a distance between us and uh, and that that singular miracle. And so um, I think one of the things that that people can do um, with what, what we did is a, f- a few years ago, we just looked around and I know my husband loves to decorate for the holidays and he just looked around one day and said I'm getting rid of all the Santas and all the snowmen and the reindeer Mm -hmm. and all that and I'm I'm putting up a manger scene with you know with uh, 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 the baby Jesus and and wise men and everything and it's like that is going to be our decoration because that's going to be our focus Um, and I think you know people can do that Uh, and uh really there there's you know if every if every church and every uh, uh household wanted to do that there would be plenty of manger scenes and crushes and nativity scenes everywhere wouldn't we that wouldn't, be something yeah. yes yeah yeah so i don't know what your neighborhood is like and and i love the lights and i like you know I drive around and see and inflatables right have made a big right. <laughs> you know, we have i'm not trying to blow in my neighbors but you know like somebody a few blocks away it's like the christmas dragon <laughs> like okay oh, yeah so, right yeah. right, right. Oh, yeah of course everybody knows <laughs> yeah about that's the christmas real christmas dragon. yeah dragons yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but getting old school, right? Getting back to basics, right? right? And we can right. be distracted no matter what century we're living in, but being exactly. able to focus and get back to, yeah, this is this is the reason for all the celebrations. And the celebrations are great, right? The food, yes. the fun, yes, the all family, that's fun. the folks, yeah. Um, but there's a reason that we do it. And I think you you wove all of those reasons beautifully into, into a, a I, I'm going to say simple, but simple doesn't mean simplistic. It's a beautiful story that a child can understand that an adult can glean so much out of. So thank you for writing this story. Well, I, thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to see where it's going to go and who it's going to just bless this Christmas. So, um, so Laurel, tell us, how can we get this wonderful book? Well, it's available wherever books are sold, um, but you can also, uh, if you'd like, go to the publisher's website and get 15% off. Ooh, uh, it's faithfultext.com. 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 Okay. And you can order it there. And, you know, Amazon at the at, at the holidays is, is kind of erratic. So if, if you have any, diff- you know, it's it's there now and, and it can be ordered on places like Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But um, with the supply chain things, if there's a problem, go to faithfultext.com. All right. And I'll put that I'll put that in the show notes, too. So, okay, Laurel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just it's been an absolute joy. To well, I got to meet the famous Nancy <laughs> and uh, I am just so thrilled about that because I was a little jealous that my husband <laughs> got to be interviewed by you. And uh, now I, I'm, I'm able to, to feel better about that. All right. Well, next time we'll do we'll do a three way conversation, right? And we'll just I'll come up with the ultimate stupid game that we can all play. So, um, oh, <laughs> truly, truly, um, what a, what a pleasure! Thank you so much. I uh, God bless you in your holidays. Please say hello to Dr. G for me. I will. Thank you, and God bless you, Nancy. What a treat to have Laurel with us today. By the way. We talked about her blog, God and Gardening. You can check that out on Facebook. She is a woman of many talents. And you can check us misfits out on isleofmisfits.com. That's isleofmisfits.com for more great interviews like this, a misfit blog, and a few surprises of our own. And would you help us spread the news? 
This aisle is an inclusive place. All are welcome. So yeah, spread the word. Tell your friends. And as always, keep owning your awkward, keep loving your fellow misfit, and keep looking for beauty and truth, because it's everywhere. <laughs>